The following is a listener-supported ministry from the Grace Evangelical Society. Welcome, friends. So glad you're with us today on Grace in Focus. Today we'll be talking about the word repentance. It is a great concept, but what is it necessary for? When the Lord says repentance will be preached in His name to all nations, what is He talking about? You'll find today's discussion centered around Luke 24, verses 46 and 47, if you want to turn there. We love it when you ask questions, and you can do that at radio at faithalone.org. Radio at faithalone.org. And that's where our question for today's broadcast came from. Now stay tuned. Here are our discussion leaders, Bob Wilkin and Ken Yates. Welcome to Grace and Focus. What do we have today, Ken? Well, we have a question dealing with a couple of topics, evangelism and the forgiveness of sins and repentance. This is from Dave. He wants to know if repentance is not necessary to receive eternal life, why is repentance in evangelistic context such as Luke 24, verses 46 through 47, where the Lord says, and this is quoting from the question, he, talking about Christ, told them, this is what is written, the Messiah will suffer and rise from the dead on the third day, and repentance for the forgiveness of sins will be preached in his name to all nations, beginning in Jerusalem. His comment there at the end, or his question is, preaching repentance for the forgiveness of sins, Luke 24, 47, sounds quite evangelistic to me. So his point is that it is entirely proper if you're telling people how to be saved from the lake of fire and how to be in the kingdom, that repentance for the forgiveness of sins is part of that message. Okay, so he's basically talking about the issue of repentance and salvation and the issue of forgiveness and salvation. Yes. Okay. Before we get into Luke twenty four forty seven, the specifics of what it actually means— Let's talk about what's there and what's not there. Now, this is the Great Commission in Luke. He talks about that it was necessary for the Christ to suffer, to rise from the dead on the third day. And then it says that repentance and remission of sins should be preached in all the nations beginning in Jerusalem. What is present in that message? Verse 47, what is it that is being preached? Well, what's present there is repentance and forgiveness of sins. Okay. Now, repentance is not defined here, but I would suggest based on all the uses in the New Testament that repentance is turning from sins, or you could say a change of mind about our sinful behavior. For example, in Revelation 9... In verses 20 and 21, we're told that during the tribulation, the people will not repent of their murders, of their sorceries, of their sexual immorality, or their thefts. Those are obviously repenting of their deeds. In Revelation 16, verses 9 and 11, it says, for example, in verse 11, they blasphemed the God of heaven because of their pain and their sores, and they did not repent of their deeds. And the same thing is true. Matthew twelve forty one, Jesus said the people of Nineveh repented at the preaching of Jonah. Well, when you go back to Jonah chapter 3 and verse 10, it says they turned from their wicked ways, and so God relented of the disaster which he said he was going to bring upon Nineveh. And so repentance is always turning from sin. So what's present in Luke 24, 47? Repentance, turning from sins, and the forgiveness of sins. Now, what was the quote again? What did he say? The preaching of repentance for the forgiveness of sins sounds quite evangelistic to me. Yes. So the question is, 
do we find repentance as the condition of salvation repeatedly in the New Testament? No, not if we're talking about salvation from hell, right, which right. is what, what he's referring right. to. In fact, in the Gospel of John, we don't find it even once because that word doesn't appear. Neither metanoia nor metanoia, they don't appear anywhere in John's Gospel. And metanoia is repentance and metanoia is I repent or to repent. Right. Right. And then in, for example, Galatians, where Paul defends his Gospel, not once. Right. Not once. So for Dave to say this sounds quite evangelistic to me, I would say this sounds quite unevangelistic to me because repentance is not a condition of eternal life. But secondly, the other thing that's present in Luke 24, 47 is the forgiveness of sins, not everlasting life. The forgiveness of sins is never listed anywhere in the Bible as equivalent to being saved forever. It's never, he who believes in me has the forgiveness. I shouldn't say never. There is one such passage, and we'll talk about that in a minute, in Acts chapter 10, but even that one doesn't teach that. So let me say what's absent from Luke 24, 47. Believe. Believe. And eternal life. Right. And so as a result, if you're going to say this is evangelistic, in what sense is this the same message as John three sixteen? How could you possibly twist this? To be for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever believes in him will not perish but has everlasting life. There's no way those are the same message. One of the things that I've really appreciated from people who've taught me the Gospels is to see that the synoptic Gospels, Matthew, Mark, and Luke, are not written to unbelievers telling them how to be saved, for say from the lake of fire. Right. They are written to believers about discipleship and about intimacy with the Lord. And so it wouldn't be surprising then that that's what these verses are talking about. And so how many times in the ministry of Jesus does he say in the Gospel of John, he who believes in me has the forgiveness of sins? Never. That would be zero. Right. In fact, most people aren't aware, but scholars are, if you consider the issue of forgiveness in John's Gospel, it's only found explicitly once— and then only after Jesus rose from the dead in John chapter 20, when he tells the disciples that they have the power to forgive or not to forgive sins, which is evidently a church discipline issue. And then secondarily, implicitly, it's in John 13 with the foot washing. But that would be fellowship forgiveness, kind of like First John 1, 9, and it's not explicit, and it's certainly not an evangelistic context. So to say that the forgiveness of sins is a key evangelistic expression is, to me, bizarre. At most, you have one verse. Let's look at that verse now. That's Acts ten forty three. Peter was sent to evangelize Cornelius and his household. And so he's giving this message. He's been preaching about Jesus, that he has died on the cross and he's risen from the dead. It says, verse 43, to him, all the prophets witness. And by the way, that's important because Cornelius and his household were God-fearing Gentiles. So they'd been worshiping in the synagogue. And so it says to him, all the prophets witness that through his name, whoever believes in him will receive remission of sins. At this point, the Holy Spirit falls upon them and they're born again. And so some people would say, well, see, they believed in Jesus for the remission of sins. Therefore, they didn't know they were saved forever. They were just believing in him for forgiveness, and, and that's good enough. 
If you look at Acts chapter 11 and verse 14, Cornelius told Peter that the angel had said that you should send men to Joppa and call for Simon, whose surname is Peter, who will tell you words by which you and all your household will be saved. So when they heard, whoever believes in him receives the remission of sins, they understood whoever believes in him receives that plus they're saved forever. So they understood that this was part of the package. In fact, I think what Acts 10.43 is saying is that the believer starts the Christian life with a clean slate. Yes, that when a person believes they are justified, they're declared righteous, he starts off with a clean slate. Their sins are forgiven. Oh, no, I didn't mean it that way. I meant they start out in fellowship with God. Well, that's what I mean. This is not about forgiveness of any sin tomorrow or the next day or the next day. Exactly. But the sins that you've committed up to that point. Right. Yes, that's what I'm talking about. Okay, good. So we're both saying the same thing. Yes. All he's saying is... If you believe in him, then you are in fellowship with God. You have fellowship forgiveness. Not that they don't need forgiveness on an ongoing basis. First John 1, 9. That's exactly right. And by the way, if you want a commentary on what happened in Acts 10, Peter gives it to us in Acts 15. Yes. Verses 7 to 11, Peter stands up and he said that God chose him to bring the word of the gospel to the Gentiles that they would believe. So God, who knows the heart, acknowledged them by giving them the Holy Spirit, just as he did to us, and made no distinction between us and them, purifying their hearts by faith. Yes. The idea here is justification by faith. And he went on to say, but we believe through the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, we shall be saved in the same manner as they So it's by faith, apart from works, and he's talking about salvation. Well, also, these these folks have been waiting for Peter for over a day. He's coming from Joppa. Right. And so they've been there a long time. It takes you about 15 seconds to read Peter's sermon here at Acts 10. Surely he said other things that are not recorded. Right. And the point that Bob and I are both making is the forgiveness of sins deals with fellowship with God, not being saved from the lake of fire. Let's close by considering Luke 24:47 and what Luke 24:47 is the great commission in Luke and what it's talking about is not how people are born again but it's discipleship truth. Yes. And he says beginning in Jerusalem, well that's what we see in Acts chapter 2. Peter evangelizes them, you've killed the Messiah, they're cut to the heart, they believe it. At that point, they're born again, but then they say, what shall we do? And at that point, Peter said, repent and let each of you be baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, and you shall receive forgiveness uh, of sins and the gift of the Holy Spirit. Yes. In Acts 10, something happens that didn't happen in Acts 2. In Acts 2, first they were born again, then they received forgiveness and the Holy Spirit. In Acts 10, they receive forgiveness and the Holy Spirit at the moment of faith. In Acts 2, we weren't yet at the point where we have the current situation where at the moment of faith, a person is regenerated and dwelt, baptized, sealed. But in Acts chapter 10, we now get the situation that we have today. Yes. And so basically what Luke 24, 47 is saying is part of the ministry of the apostles was to preach repentance and forgiveness. And they did that. But that doesn't mean they were ever saying that if you turn from your sins, you have everlasting life. 
Jesus never called for them to do that. Yes, just like we preach, eternal salvation from the lake of fire is by faith in Christ alone. You know you have it. But then we also preach, turn from your sins and have fellowship with God. All right, we'll keep grace in focus. Thank you both for that informative discussion. Our goal at the Grace Evangelical Society is to teach Scripture clearly and without confusion. One of the best tools for that clarity, we believe, is our website. It's faithalone.org. That's faithalone.org. On our site, we have all kinds of materials that are designed to help you mature and grow in your faith and your understanding of Scripture. Please come visit us at faithalone.org. That's faithalone.org. You'll be glad you did. God loves a cheerful giver, and that's why we think our financial partners are some of the happiest people in the world. If you would like to learn how to become a financial partner with Grace in Focus, we would very much appreciate it. Learn more at faithalone.org. It's really exciting to hear from our listeners. So if you've got a question, comment, or feedback, I hope you'll reach out to us. Best way to do that is through email. Here is our email address. It's radio at faithalone.org. That's radio at faithalone.org. And next time on Grace in Focus, it seems like there are a lot of opportunities for confusion about the assurance of eternal salvation. So we want to unconfuse you. Join us next time on Grace in Focus. This is the Grace Evangelical Society. Until next time, let's keep grace in focus. The proceeding has been a listener-supported ministry from the Grace Evangelical Society.